Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It's time for Tech Talk. Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of FPM at FPM3 Marketing, is with us once again, getting closer to the Christmas season, the holiday season. Uh, the jingle bells are rolling all over the place. People are saying, what am I going to get? I got someone so still on my list. Uh, well, we've got some ideas that we're going to run by a little bit later on. Uh, first of all, hope things are going well for you. Uh, for uh, It's close to the Christmas and the holiday season. Uh, it's been quite a year, 2021, and 2022, as we talked about on a previous program, uh, is going to see an awful lot of innovations about what's going to be happening uh, with a lot of the technologies that have been developed for us to deal with COVID. And uh, there was one in particular that jumped out at me. I'm glad you showed me the uh, the the. the specs on this thing it's it's a, a it's called an air pop this is a mask that, that you wear on your face yeah this is actually a, a mask you wear and what it does is these have sensors that track your breathing and then it mixes it with local air quality and then feeds that information to your phone so think of it as uh you know when we talk about air pollution which probably would be more uh more more uh apparent in the summertime uh, but this actually could work that if you're inside a we all wear masks when we walk inside a yeah. any kind of event as we know and that's probably not going to change anytime soon bill but let's assume that you walk into a theater or you're walking into a uh anywhere a restaurant to that degree you can wear this air it's called air you put it on it's got these sensors on the mask and what it does is it takes that air quality within the environment and then it takes uh it registers it and it will be able to determine at the same time not only telling you possible variants of bacteria that's in the air it actually will then uh, mix it with how you're breathing or what chemicals are coming out of your mouth now if, if you really got this air issue going on it would probably be more advanced for those that have uh you know a pollution air pollution problem on a on a high degree this will be phenomenal to give that information feeds it to your smartphone so you'll be able to see in real time what is the air quality in this room now again uh you know we own a furnace and duct cleaning business i can't tell you how many times i speak to people who have allergies or breathing issues and they say are you able to tell me what the air quality uh of of, of, of our houses or our commercial space um i you know there's very advanced equipment for this this is just a mask that will do it for you so if you're very if you're very concerned about it and you're going over to aunt may's house throw this on and you can be able to determine just how clean is the air of that family member what are you insinuating about the hot, the air in Aunt May's house? So what's going on here? There's you got a thing going on with Aunt May here. There's a problem here, isn't there? I, 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 we'll have to delve into that a little bit later on. I, I got to ask you because there's another innovation too, uh, and it comes to us from our good friends at LG. And I know you and I have talked about this on Tech Talk before. I mean, this is a company uh, that came on, and you know, in the initial it was like LG. Who are these people? Uh, they have not only captured a lion's share of the market on just about every facet, whether it's appliances, electronics, or whatever, they're good at it. And they re they're they very yeah. innovative, and they make great stuff. And, uh, you know, since we're, we're concerned about quality of water, quality of air, and things of this nature, uh, they've got a refrigerator that's going to address that. You know what? If you're concerned about your actual drink, there's abilities now to sanitize. Like we talk sanitation. I mean, sanitizing since 2019 when COVID first came out, it actually got really crazy. LG has been able now to sanitize your drink. You open that glass door using your voice command bill and with a water dispenser, it will actually use ultraviolet light 
sanitizing the water directly into the cup. So uh, we're getting so sanitized that there is zero <laughs> impurities in that glass of water because I'm sure many of us wonder how clean is that water coming out of your fridge? If you ever take your cup, push it up against it, you're watching the water coming out. It went, you know, there's a path that water took to get to that cup. And I can tell you, LG thought of the new way to make sure that for whatever bacterial reasons we may have, it sanitizes the outside, the inside, and the cup itself. I just want to preface this, Bill. It does not replace washing the cup after you drink. Oh, yeah. This is this is not a bachelor heaven perfect. I don't have to do any dishes. I'm just going to throw it underneath the LG fridge and watch this puppy just clean itself. That's not what this does. It sanitizes the water and it, it does kill bacteria. However, it does not remove lipstick stains. It does not remove uh, any alcohol that was in that cup previous. Just to be clear, Bill. And as we said on the previous program, every time Adam gives a warning, it's because he's done that before. And I want to ask about the alcohol stains anyway. Uh We've talked about security and safety, and everybody seriously is, is very concerned about that these days. And I know in the previous program, you've said, you know, it, it's it's going to have to be up to the providers oftentimes to take some initiatives. Uh, well, Android has done that. I mean, they've been pretty proactive about this right from the get-go, and, and they've gotten to the extent right now of banning a bunch of apps that they think are going to be problematic. Well, they banned over 150 apps, and I'm going to speak openly that, you know, first of all, if you've got any kind of text messaging third-party programs that you've downloaded um, or a QR reader because we know QR codes are very popular right now, you probably want to get rid of them. Be very careful. Now, interesting enough about this, Bill, why App or uh, Google has had a lot of uh, challenges and they're making these announcements now is, again, uh, perpetrators that take information from your phone that you download and, and, and operate on your smart device They've got so smart. In fact, the way they do it is how it's escaping Google's uh, path. So let me try and explain it. So they, they make the app, uh, say a QR code reader app. They upload it. Google will go through that app and look to see if there's any malicious software in it. No, there isn't. It gives it a green light. It says approved by the Google Play Store. You download the app and you're using it. And then it says you need to update it. Well, when you update it, it doesn't load the whole program again. What it does is it uploads a small snippet, a bug replacement, or think of it as uh, an issue with the app that maybe crashes or otherwise. It is so sophisticated that it loads the raw software onto your phone, the upgrades or the updates you, you do because that's what you're supposed to do for security reasons. And what it does is it piles on the code, Bill. It's it's ingenious. So think of it as they, they're sending out small little uh, snippets. Uh, and then after it gets so many of it, the app is capable of putting all the snippets it's been upgrading over time, and it creates its own malware. So this is happening on many, many different apps that are on the store, which is why Google has had a lot of problems trying to determine if these apps are clean, because they are when they're first uploaded. It's the upgrades over time that eventually upload the full malware that allows the app to work. That's how sophisticated they are. And these malwares are reading your banking information. They're reading all your, uh, uh, your activity. Um, so uh, take note of this if you get it if you see anything on there that says warning to remove these apps please do that the best solution is truthfully you want to be able to use native software your phone comes with that's pretty much where i'm going with that yeah exactly uh 
electronic vehicles, the big story, one of the big stories, electronically and from a tech standpoint anyway, in 2021, uh, commitments by the Ontario government, uh, the U.S. government, the Canadian government, uh, to ramp up production of electronic vehicles of all kinds. And I know that in your mind's eye, every time we use EV, you think, okay, yeah, cars, maybe, you know, pickup trucks, Ford's got a F-150 EV now too, uh, that apparently is already sold out. But what about school buses? I mean, they, you know, you figure, okay, there's vehicles that are on the road all the time. Can they make that transition? Yeah, this is this is exciting. I mean, Ontario's rolling out 1,000 school buses that were just ordered um, for clean and efficient, and they're climate ready, by the way, um, that they will allow to get, uh, being electric, we'll be able to get all of our children to and from safely. Um, and this is one of those areas we're going to see more of it, but they're quiet. Uh, again, what you and I spoke about when Tesla had an issue in the past, they're so quiet, they have to actually come with some noise. They're building speakers for these, <laughs> yeah. but... Um, one of the areas that they were testing these was actually in northern uh, uh, Alaska, Bill. And uh, again, best place to run it is in minus 45 degree temperatures and trying wow. to get the school bus to and from uh, the location. It has worked with success um, and done very well with it. One of the areas, though, is that uh, the battery power as uh, great longevity. It's got great, great depth to it. Uh, the only area of concern is heat. Um, you know, when you're generating heat in an electric vehicle, um, it takes a lot of the power from the battery. So yeah. um, the good news is uh, school buses aren't running all day. So this is a phenomenal, I think, exciting announcement that Ontario's jumped into this with a thousand of these school buses um, that are going to be electric, clean and efficient, and are able to handle the Canadian environment. Uh, I mean, it was tested in Alaska, but come on, let's Let's call a spade a spade. Alaska is really part of Canada. So uh, it was tested <laughs> thoroughly. And, you know, I won't I won't go to the fact of how did we get Alaska, Bill, and no one gave us Florida. I don't understand that. But at the end, of, it, it was tested in a proper environment. Uh, by the way, the comments made on this program are Adams and do not belong to the radio station from which we are broadcasting. I have to run that, that, that disclaimer now every time you say something like that. Uh, besides, Alaska gave us Sarah Palin. So, I mean, you know, what can we tell? Uh, it's a wonderful place. Uh, speaking of, of, of batteries, because that's always the contentious point. And, and I know that, uh, that our buddy Elon has, has been concerned about that. And they've been trying to be innovative about this. Uh, but, you know, it's battery life. How long can you go? How far can you go on one of these things? Uh, what about climate? Does it have an impact on this? But Tesla aren't the only people that are being, uh, you know, I guess, proactive about this. Panasonic's been jumping into this. These guys know a thing or two about batteries. What's the latest on well, that? Absolutely. I mean, we know that Tesla obviously was the forefront generating lead in the market. But right now, Panasonic is, like many other developers, migrating into industries that make sense. I mean, Panasonic was an electronic company, and now they're moving into the battery component. But what they've done is they've developed in their battery to go five Five times, five times longer. What does that mean, Bill, when I say that? And, I, and I, it means that an average electric vehicle can get up, if run efficiently, between 300 to 500 kilometers. Well, yeah. this new element is going to be able to get up to 1,500 kilometers on a single charge. So we can see the development of where the electric vehicle market is going right now. And if many, and, and that's really the big push. Here's the other side of it, is that the cost not only does it go further, you're not only going to get 1,500 kilometers, but it could lower the price of an electric vehicle by as much as $40,000. 
And that is one of the most expensive elements of an a EV vehicle no is the battery. So if we're looking at a, you know, a Tesla right now, if they're running between 89 to 100,000 um, to get that 1500 uh, kilometer on a single charge, uh, you know, you got to pay extra and uh, you have uh, not necessarily a better battery unit. Panasonic has the ability to create a less expensive. What this means is we could be looking in the year 2023, 2024, that your vehicle will be $40,000 less, meaning it could be affordable bill. And that's the big concern right now. Most of these vehicles are really, um, they're, they're strangled by the fact that the vehicle cost in the battery pack is just so expensive. This, this is a big game changer when we talk about where electric vehicles are going. And, and it's a great story. Panasonic, fabulous. So that's great work that they're doing. But basically, they've taken Elon Musk's technology with the battery and said, okay, we, we, can, we can fix this and we can improve it. Then you get people like Hyundai and Kia that are saying, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We've got our own ideas here on how, how these batteries should work and how we should actually build them. And they're making some pretty innovative things, too. Yeah, I mean, right now it's the battery battle that's happening, and yeah. that's probably the best way I could combine it. Yes, that's right. Hyundai and Kia actually partnered in a way that will give, again, another 50% more range. I just want to preface this with Hyundai and Kia with their electric vehicles currently. They're not getting up to 500 kilometers. They're probably like 300. So they're going to get more than 600 kilometers. That's okay is good. That's still good. 600 to 800 kilometers is still phenomenal. Sure. However, the technology they're using is called solid state battery. I won't get yeah. into the depth of how a battery works, but think of it as literally less dangerous. It won't explode. Most of these batteries still being that's a, developed. That's a good selling point. We won't explode. <laughs> we won't explode. There, there, there's a, there's yeah. some cell phone companies that couldn't make that claim. So these guys are doing all right. <laughs> They're already ahead of the game. And you know what? I mean, I just saw last week there was a, a Tesla or a couple of weeks back, a Tesla battery ended up catching on fire. Anyway, lithium ion is very, very subject to becoming overheated and possibly catching on fire. This is something of a, that's why single state or solid state batteries are actually better because they don't overheat. They actually transfer energy without heat increasing. And further, should or if something happened, the battery gets damaged, you're in a car accident, it's not likely to catch or create a spark to catch on fire. So uh, in a positive note, you're getting more mileage, not as much as 1500 kilometers, but what good is going 1500 kilometers if you're going to explode? So I kind of take it back as I'll go less distance and I get to feel safe in my vehicle. This is a pet subject of yours. And, and I got to bring it up because they're always wondering, okay, where are these going with the next steps? Robots. Uh, I, 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 we've got satellites in space that are controlling things. Uh, you know, we've got all sorts of fabulous innovations that are going on. And I know that you're a big fan of robotics and what's going on. And the, the concern a lot of people have is, are they going to take over? I mean, they've made science fiction movies about that. Uh, How the computer in 2001, A Space Odyssey, was a computer that basically took over everything and just said, you know, sorry, this, I'm in charge now. Uh, what's the future for robotics and, and should we be concerned? Well, you know what? Let me let me start this uh, with the fact that robotics have really helped us map the world. We saw that oh, with sure. you know Google Maps, right? We can go on a hiking trail. We can go anywhere, and it will map everywhere we go. A company called Sea Trek is actually working uh, with NASA to develop the technology that's going to measure the temperature of the ocean bed, which means that we will be able to map 
all water surfaces of the planet, Bill. So, you know, when we go on Google uh, Maps and you kind of like click the little guy across the streets and you go for a tour. Well, this is going to give a robotic uh, seabed understanding of, you know, right now we use different monitoring and, and LIDAR technically to check how deep is the is the waterbed? Where does it go? Uh, where are the crevices? Where are the cliffs under the water in the ocean mm-hmm. and in the seas? This robot is electric that will go through and properly map out the deepest areas of our oceans. In addition, we'll be able to determine specifically where shipwrecks are, possibly even determine where uh, even sea life, which has yet to be discovered on a, on such a scale of understanding, they are still discovering uh, sea uh, life and different uh, uh, you know uh, animals and, and otherwise under the ocean bed that they're still determining. This is NASA developing this and this robot is going to be mapping out just like we mapped the stars, the Milky Way, the moon, we're going to Mars. We are now mapping out the ocean bed and we should be able to clearly see uh, what's going on under the under our ocean floors, Pacific, Atlantic and uh, Arctic and Antarctic for that matter, Bill. Um, we are looking at mapping that out over the next five years. Well, and because it's difficult for humans to get down there, right? I mean, because of, you know, water pressure and things of this nature. Uh, so for the, yeah, the, the robotics thing is, is a key part of that. In, inner space is what the scientists call it. Of course, we talk about outer space, but, but there's still a lot to explore uh, on our planet right here. We just haven't gotten to it. And they've, I, I, your point's well taken. Robotics are going to play a big part in that. Uh, you mentioned Mars a minute ago. It's a fascination. And, and some p- people would think an obsession with a lot of people right now. Uh, about Mars and, and the, the surface and are we going to get there. Uh, it's going to take a long time to get there if we're going to start doing that. And, uh, that, you know, guys like Ian and Richard Branson and everybody else are going to start, you know, with interspace tourism and going to that. What do you do to power? What, 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 what space thrust do you use? I mean, do we use existing technology? Or is there something that we haven't thought of yet? Well, and this is what's exciting. We just discovered that there's another form of energy that can be used while in space. Right now, we use rocket fuel and power. Yeah. The issue with that is, is that you know we're using obviously non-gravity and, and thrust with with conventional ways that we normally move uh, in space. Well, mm-hmm. right now we're you we see that uh, you know a satellite spinning around the Earth. Uh, it uses electricity as it orbits around that pushes particles to get them where they need to be. Well, research has now been able to develop a new thrust, a new fuel, uh, kind of like I- it's called iodine. And it's been tested by this company to become a propulsion system that is efficient and affordable. But on only that, it is important to know that it is capable of being able to get satellites quickly into the sky and be able to get them in position further to that, being able to allow us to not have space chunk, um, you know, when these satellites are flying, I mean, they actually do have fuel on them. They float, they oh, work sure. within a gravitational pull. And then after a while, um, you know, again, cir- circumstances come up where, you know, space junk gets in the way and they run out of fuel and it becomes literally a paperweight in space. So this is something which is exciting because of the fact that this new thrust uh, uh, fuel, we'll call it, uh, is capable of being more efficient obviously will give longer life and gives more control to all the satellites we're throwing up into the sky right now. So, Which is going is on massive- and on and on. And uh, we're going to have to leave it there. We're just about out of time on this one. More to come on this in, in future programs as they develop the technology. Uh, this is Tech Talk. We do this every Friday at 1135, brought to you by our good friends at Vacuman. Adam Oldfield, as always, thanks uh, so much, my friend. Uh, enjoy the time off, and we'll uh, talk to you soon, okay? Sounds good. Thanks, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.
Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the great white north and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.